1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasa, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, Alex.
2: Good morning, Kathy. How are you keeping?
1: I'm well. How are you keeping?
2: Not too bad. Uh, it's been uh, a little bit of a crazy couple of weeks. We've had some issues at the studio from a technical point of view, but uh, this morning, I've come, come up with some Somewhat of a solution, but it was just um, you know when when you 're uh, so so focused on resolving the issue, sometimes it 's important to step back, get mm-hmm. refreshed, and take take a different approach at it right so yeah. fortunately, today, I feel a little bit more uh, relax knowing that we have a solution in place with the, one of our technical issues that we've been having for the last couple of weeks.
1: You're going to nail, you're going to nail all this stuff down for home, home recording and home producing. And then the doors will be opened at the new <laughs> studio. You have to start all over again.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's good to get the kinks out now before we, before we have to move. Cause ideally once we move, we'd like to have everything up and running. Um, and set up in such a way that we won't have these these issues that we're having right. currently but has uh,
1: have you been moving has it already been happening the move
2: no not yes. yet but okay. uh there's there's reasons for that that I can't necessarily get into at the moment.
1: Oh, which is fine. Um, but we're we're thinking that it, well. I just hope that we get back in studio. It's I do I do miss the the environment of recording and live recording.
2: It it, it does make make a difference when you're when you're sitting in the studio speaking to a live guest or, or live live.
1: Uh, when they're on the phone or whatever.
2: Yes, exactly. It does. So. It's
1: like so many things, right? Like, um, what do you think of sports? I have to say, I've had an evolution of just so many things, I guess, going through us. I actually thought sports would really be a big bust, but I have really enjoyed them. But I wonder if the athletes miss their fans.
2: I would I would think so. I mean, from what you hear, um, this, the athletes feed off the energy of the crowd. And obviously, mm-hmm. as it's been with virtual fans, there's there's no... Sort of interaction with with no. with the with the players. So, in a sense, from 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 a con, consumer point of view, from a fan point of view, I do miss going to the stadiums. Mm-hmm. I, I do mm-hmm. miss that. But uh, I'm I'm fortunate, and and we are all fortunate as as fans to be able to um, to watch these sports and still get some sort of uh, uh, you know entertainment from that. Yeah. A hundred percent. I remember when they were first
1: starting to come back and there was all these rumors of, I, I don't know who, who was talking about it was on the radio or whatever, you know, talking about, uh, well, they won't be allowed to hit. They won't be. And I thought, Oh, you know what? Hold off until it can be done back to normal because I I, I know like you sports is I, I just I love sports uh, it's certainly not a relaxing thing for me sometimes I feel like especially really. <laughs> oh, especially like um, with the, the the basketball this year I feel I feel like yeah. it's after some of the games I've actually been to boot camp so it's it's really not enjoyable. Uh, as I'm going through it, sometimes it really is stressful for me. But I really do, and I, I was, I, I was. It's a different I, I think, stress, right? <laughs> yeah, it's different stress. It's a stress that's not brought on by myself. Well, I guess I do bring it on myself, but um, I have to say, I was so pleasantly surprised. But man, oh man, it must have been hard for the athletes to be in the bubble. I, I just, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. But uh, I, I was really pleasantly surprised, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad. That uh, we've had that uh, throughout all this, so it's it was a lot of fun. I just wonder what your opinion was. Did you enjoy the sports, or was it lacking for for some reason for uh, you?
2: Well, I was so invested in in the actual sport that uh, it didn't really phase me too much. I'm mm-hmm. um, just just you know watching the watching the events. Um, you know, lately teams have been in playoffs, and there's been. Uh, just myself focusing on the actual outcome rather than than, um, you know. Uh, the
1: things so that the aren't there that aren't happening. Right. You
2: know? and what's interesting though, the way that uh, um, broadcasts have had, broadcasters have uh, transmitted the game uh, with the mobile setups and things like that, that's really got to be a challenge for. It must be <laughs> must be a challenge for them watching on a screen when they're used to seeing the whole the whole. Court, field in front of the field exactly so uh, kudos to them for pulling yeah, it off
1: a hundred percent the one of the funniest ones i think was buck martinez um of course they're from home and baseball too is a little bit because the balls are flying yeah. all over at least you know the court the basketball court they're sort of contained and that only,
2: go the- can only go so far right <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they were saying buck martinez it was a hit into corner He goes and it was hit and he Oh, I don't know if it's fair or foul. I'll just have to wait like you. <laughs> you know, the poor guy. It must be so difficult. But you know what? I think everyone's just done, again, another, another feather in everyone's hat. I think it's just been great. But I, am, I have to say I am so happy that uh, sports have been back on. So it, it was, uh, I guess we'll be, by the time this, this show is aired, it might be in a bit of a lull. And then sports, I don't even know when they'll start back up. But very happy to have had them. So I just kind of wanted your take on it.
2: For sure. Thank you.
1: Today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in. But please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And do feel free to email us at thh@radiomaria.ca. And please do subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any of them. Uh, we are The Health Hub. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, which is radiomaria.ca, and on my website, which is kathybiase.com. So today's guest is Annalise Richmond. And Annalise spent 15 years in New York City as a professional ballerina and was astounded when she learned breathwork and meditation practices that brought her calm, confidence, and happiness in her high-pressured career. Inspired by this, Annalise has been teaching breathwork and meditation for 21 years now and has trained over 1,000 sky breath meditation teachers across the globe in her role as director of teacher training for the Art of Living Foundation. She travels around the U.S. teaching breathwork, meditation, happiness, and leadership to college students, staff and faculty, and is the director of Sky Campus Happiness Program at 58 universities. This is a terrific program um, that they have going on in the States at some of the campuses. And uh, I really wanted to bring this forward. Uh, to everybody, because, as you know, um, a lot of kids are challenged, especially in the in the university college uh, age group it 's very stressful for them and we know from all the guests on our shows that um, the level of anxiety is increasing, the uh, level of depression is increasing markedly in this age group, so this is a fantastic um, Program initiative that Annalise has brought forward into the campuses. So, uh, I hope you stay home or stay home, <laughs> stay here with us, and uh, and listen to Annalise. It's a great, it's a great, uh, great thing that she's doing, and really great for our young people. So, everybody, we will be back in a few minutes to talk to Annalise. I'm not
3: about to-
0: are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi.
1: Welcome back, everybody. As mentioned in the introduction, today's show is being taped, so no opportunity for calling in. But please do follow us on our social sites. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and we are at The Health Hub RMC on all three spots. Annalise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
4: Thank you, Kathy, for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: Well, you are the first professional ballerina that we've had on the show. So, yes. So, I I don't know. Like, I'm so interested in learning about that. What did it take for you to become a professional ballerina? I mean, that is so – it's such a beautiful, beautiful art. Yes.
4: Yeah, it takes years and years of practice before, you know, you enter into the professional world, so – Actually, I did it rather quickly. I started a little late at age 11. So I I got my first professional contract when I was 18. So I trained for seven, eight years. But your training is like six days a week, three, four hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, It's pretty intense. It takes a lot of dedication. And you have to kind of circumvent the competition and just do it because you love it. And Mm -hmm.
1: and it takes a
4: lot of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot. I feel like dance is good for everybody. You learn a lot of coordination, discipline, sensitivity, and your body gets strong. <laughs> uh, now, are you still dancing? A little bit. I actually performed uh, in February, right before the lockdown.
1: Wow. For fun. Wow. fun. <laughs> that, that's, that's amazing. And you were, you were um, all over the United States, or were you, you're centered in New York?
4: Yeah, I was in New York at the Metropolitan Opera Ballet.
1: Beautiful. Very lovely. Excellent. Yeah. So how did you transition from on the stage, high intensity, stressful, into meditation? Or were they there to complement each other?
4: <laughs> yeah. So actually, I was injured for a while and started looking at different ways, even just to heal myself. Um, and when I got my job in New York City in the Metropolitan Opera Ballet, I had a neighbor who was passionately telling me to go take this class with the Art of Living. And I was like, <laughs> what is this class? And he wouldn't really tell me anything about it. But he said, I know you love yoga, but this is much deeper. You should just try it. You know. So I had been taking yoga maybe four days a week and uh, physical yoga classes. I loved it. But there wasn't much meditation element. And when they did do one minute of it, I thought, okay, they're just scratching the surface. Like there's much more to this. So I went to this course, this art of living course, and, you know, started learning all these amazing breathing techniques. And then this meditation practice called sky breath meditation. And I went so deep on the first session and I was really blown away. Like that you could go even go into that kind of state. Um, And, you know, by the end of the course, it was four days long, or four sessions. You know, my the teacher tells you, okay, you practice this every day in the morning. This is now, you know, like your breath work and meditation practice. <laughs> and I was not a morning person, but I decided to give it a try. And uh, I would get up every morning, make myself do it. And then, I until then, I had already been dancing professionally for about eight years. And I still had so much stage anxiety. I just disliked, actually, I disliked performing, which is so weird for a professional (laughs) performer. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I loved the rehearsals. I was like, oh, if I could just do rehearsals all day. But then (laughs) when it came to the night performance, I would be so anxious for hours and I wouldn't really be able to eat and um, nervous. And then you end up psyching yourself out so you don't even perform as well. So after I practiced this, you know, uh, sky meditation for it oh, must have been two weeks or less. I just remember going onto stage one night and being like, completely relaxed and, and at ease. And I'm like, I, I waited for the moment to leave the wings and get on the stage and go, you know, and feel really nervous and, uh, you know, see all those people, 4,000 people. whatever. But I it didn't come. The stress response didn't happen. I just felt very fluid. It was like, oh, like nothing. Like I'm just on my couch at home, but I'm performing in front of like 4,000 people. And I, I didn't have the same anxiety or stress at all. And I was like, well, this is crazy. Like the only thing I changed is doing this, you know, breathing and meditation practice. (laughs) And I, I couldn't believe that it shifted something, you know, that was such a difficult situation for me. It completely shifted it without me even intellectually trying to shift it you know it just happened by me doing this practice it's like the nervous system changed its its stress response and i was like wow i really have to learn to teach this to other people like this is mm-hmm. the most valuable thing i've probably ever learned so i yeah then i vowed i'll become a teacher and i went to the teacher training and that was it
1: is is the intent of the program to relieve stress is that the the intent of it
4: well i would say the intent is bigger than that uh, because actually I didn't take I didn't take it because I was stressed. I was very happy with my life. I had my good career. I had a great apartment in New York City, <laughs> you know. Like, mm-hmm. But I would say the intent of the program that uh, we've developed for universities is a higher sense of well-being and happiness, like that you are thriving in life. You're not just oh I got I let go of some stress or I feel better in this situation or that situation, but you're thriving, you're happy, you have tons of energy, you, you, you get to be able to do everything that you want to do because you have the energy and capacity to do it.
1: And this is all from the
4: breath? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's the basis of it, I would say. I mean, the main practice that we teach... Um, it's a very old practice. It's from the yoga tradition. It, it's, it's the, the, the Sanskrit name is Sudarshan Kriya. So that's what SKY stands for, Sudarshan Kriya. And this is a very deep practice that uses breath work, but then it takes you into a deeper kind of meditative practice, ry- rhythmic, that uses rhythmic breathing. Um, and that, it's amazing how much it enhances your energy and capacity and the clarity of your mind. So I find people are just able to do a lot more in their life and a lot better. But in our, in our courses, um, you know, we teach it as a weekend retreat. We also combine it with a few other elements to enhance the effect. So we, we have a lot of social connection woven into our retreat because we feel like you can't just teach someone to close their eyes and step away from life and feel good inside, and then not be able to translate it into action. <laughs> uh-huh. well, I mean, you live in the world with other people, right? So it should, it should make you more skillful with your interactions and your relationships. So we have a whole social connection piece that we do uh, that people love. So that, that you know, social connection and positive community is just as important to our well-being, you could say, meditation. Uh-huh. It's one, it's, it, after food and water, it's the most basic human need right is social connection Uh and then we also weave in some emotional intelligence training so that you kind of change your lens of how you're looking at your life so that you don't bring as much stress in in the first place um you know the techniques are there to make you more resilient and happy and and release any stress or imbalances in the system but then we like to change people's lens which is a little bit of positive psychology and emotional intelligence so that we, when we view life in a different way, we don't take as much stress in in the first place because we start seeing things as challenges rather than problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think the last element we weave in, um, especially for students, is some leadership and service. So we find that once people feel really good and they have a lot of energy, if you use that use some of it to help others um if you use some of that energy to make the world a better place or do whatever you want to do to help others that also contributes so much to our our mental well-being Mm -hmm. and I think we need that right now on our planet we need leaders that are very conscious and aware and have a lot of energy and have others interest in mind so we like to kind of build those leaders in our program
1: So, um, obviously, with what's going on now, you've transitioned um, some of your practices, some of your courses online. So, is this more of a a sit-in-front-of-the-computer guided uh, program that if someone was wanting to dive into it after the show, that's the setup?
4: Yes, we used to do in-person, you know, weekend retreats, which we just loved because that was so nice to do it in person. But we have transitioned it since March online on Zoom. Um, You know, it's all live instructor-led, and you're with a group on Zoom. And it's actually worked amazingly well. I've been shocked how well it's worked. Like, the comments I get at the end of the weekend retreat is like, oh, I just love how you guys form positive community online and I have to keep in touch with all these wonderful people. <laughs> people oh, it's
1: amazing.
4: Yeah, people really, really feel the sense of connection. And I feel like um, in order for anyone to thrive with a, with a meditation practice, you, you need positive community around it because it mm-hmm. keeps you in it. And you need people who have like a good influence on you. So, yeah, we do it on, on Zoom. It's, it's three hours a day for three days. But somehow the three hours fly by, you know, and we do a little bit of physical yoga so that people aren't just sitting the whole time, but it's very fun and interactive. And somehow the yeah, breath work and meditation has translated really well online. We usually do some orientation so that people set up a nice space for themselves to do it. So they feel like they're getting like kind of a retreat setting, but mm-hmm. otherwise it's worked really, really well.
1: And is this something once the, the, uh, three, 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 nine hours is done. Um, the, is there more in-depth programming or is this, you know, you've got your wings now and, and take what you've learned?
4: Yeah, there is more in-depth programming. So, I mean, we, we are a program, our, our Sky Campus Happiness program is a program of uh, partnership between two foundations. One is Art of Living Foundation and the other is International Association for Human Values and through the art of living there's all kinds of advanced programming and my favorite favorite program ever which is what made me really decide to become a teacher of this is the silent retreat it's sometimes called art of silence or called silent retreat and that's a second level you can go you can take a silent retreat even now online in the comfort of your own home. And those also work really well um, as long as your your house is rather quiet or you get your children, if you have
1: children, to agree. <laughs> you know, you're doing the silent retreat. That's the challenge right now, right, is to find that space. But, you know, yeah. if it's if it's worthwhile, we always figure a way how to do it. And if you're sitting in your closet or something like that, yeah, it's exactly. well worth it. Exactly. You, you figure it out. Just like we figured everything else out, we'll figure that out too. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about,
4: um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. My my very first silent retreat with the Art of Living was in Canada, and it's one of my favorite places ever. Um, there's a delightful retreat center. It is about two hours north of Montreal. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
4: It's called the Art of Living Retreat Center, and it, it, they have... I don't know if they've opened up for in-person retreats yet, but it's a wonderful place to do a silence course. I think that it is um, ArtOfLivingRetreatCenter.org is their address, but that's a great place to go. And that—that that was my first place. It's just gorgeous. It's, it's amidst lakes and the fall uh, colors I are gorgeous. So
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, now it'd be beautiful. We're, we're right now. You know, this show will be airing probably a month and a half out, but right now the colors are changing. The leaves are beautiful. But anytime you can go and just, and, and you know what, that might be just such a wonderful thing. is just going and being quiet. You know, especially we're inundated with people around us all the time at home. And um, it sounds like a wonderful practice to, to, to get started in and, and to really understand the value of meditation and breathing. We really need that now. Tell us okay. about your founder of The Art of Living.
4: Oh, yeah. So our founder is Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. SRI, SRI is Sri (laughs) Sri. You can find him all over the web, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. He's amazing, amazing leader. And um, of course, a yoga and meditation master from India. But he's also an incredible humanitarian. It does a lot of peace work across the globe, really. Um, So when he started out 40 years ago, he was running around the planet, you know, teaching Sudarshan Kriya and breath work to people and, and, you know, with the, I guess really with the aim of, Making a stress-free, violence-free society. That's one of the missions of Art of Living. And his other mission, personal mission, is he says he wants to put a smile on every face on the planet. <laughs> Not a small mission. Uh, right? yeah, really. and, you know, and, uh, but he's incredible to learn from. I mean, now, he, now he's made thousands of teachers across the globe. Um, I think in Canada alone, we have about 300 teachers that teach the Art of Living courses and the happiness programs. But he now does a lot of peace work between countries. He helped negotiate the peace treaty in Colombia in the last few years between the FARC and the government. He was the one who went and spoke to the FARC and said, why don't we call a ceasefire? Um, It took him three days to get them to that point to call a ceasefire, and they agreed. There's a beautiful video of it online. but he's pretty incredible. His mission is bringing peace really across the planet. He does a lot of. Um, he meets with terrorist groups, believe it or not. Like somehow they they value him as kind of a neutral person, and they'll meet him. <laughs> and he often is able to talk them out of fighting. Like lay down your arms. Why don't you have a different way? Or let's follow the Gandhian principles of nonviolence. He'll, some, he some he you know he he has a lot of. Um, i would say he has a lot of power to inspire people you know and uh he often gets them to meditate and then he can suggest these things and they're more agree, <laughs> agree to do it so he's an incredible person and in, in in many countries he started a lot of service projects even in india i take college students to india and they doing all these kind of programs to um educate farmers to go back to the natural ways of farming because there's a lot of farmer suicide in India and they, they have a lot of revitalization projects across all the four areas to help bring people out of alcoholism. And so Art of Living has a huge amount of service projects. We also have a program where we teach our classes in prisons. Hmm. And um, in the U S we have a veterans program where we teach all of these things to veterans for free when they come back from war. So there's, I would say a million service projects. That's why I love him as a teacher. He doesn't just say, do these practices. He also really implements it in the world. So he he really walks the talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he's incredibly inspiring.
1: Now, would you say that his programs are meditation programs or breathing programs, or are they uh, a a melding of both?
4: I would say it's a a melding of both. I mean, I would say that breath work is kind of on the up and up. People are starting to realize it's a hundred
1: percent. I agree.
4: Yeah, so it's like the thing now, right? And, and I, I do feel like a lot of people feel like meditation, I can't do it. I'm not a meditator. I'm not the type of person who can meditate. But I tell, I would tell all of you who think that I can't, you know, I can't meditate. You just haven't tried the right technique yet. <laughs> because um, I have, ne- I've taught you know these practices in all kinds of universities, but I also used to teach them like in detention centers in New York City. And the the most hyperactive, hyperactive teenager would get calmed down by by sky by Sudarshan Kriya. It was just incredible because the breath work goes right into your physiology and starts, mm-hmm. like, bringing the calming response. Um, if, you're, if your system is in sympathetic mode, which is fight or flight, uh, these breathing practices bring you directly into uh, the parasympathetic mode, which is rest mm-hmm. and digest. So I would say you're using um, very specific breath work. It's not just any breath work. I don't want to claim, like, all breath work works like this. Uh Because I know that these practices are really specific and they've been put together in a very beautiful way. But but all the breath work takes you into a deep state of meditation, but you don't have to put any effort to get there. You don't have Uh to tell yourself, oh, get quiet or come on, thoughts, go away. (laughs) In fact, Uh you don't have to do any of that. You just do the breath work and then boom, you're in a very deep state of meditation. So I would say it's a melding of both. And even recently, there's this new New York Times bestseller, the whole book is about the breath, um, Uh, James Nestor's book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. James has been on the show and he has, Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm not sure if it was on a particular show, but I I was, or if I was just talking to someone and I said, breath work is, is going to be the new thing. We've had fiber as the thing. We've had fat as the thing we've had, (laughs) but breath work and the understanding of the value of the breath to me is just profound. And yes, it's funny that you brought him up because he was a fantastic guest and the book was just amazing. But okay. you have, a, you have a, a, such a unique program. Uh, a passion of mine is is um, the, the mental health of our college and university students, which has been taking a hit. Statistically, it's showing us that it's been taking a hit, the the mental health of this age group. And you've got a fantastic program that you've initiated in the States. I'm not sure if it's in Canada yet, but you've initiated yeah. this in the States. And after our break, I would like to really start talking about that because I think it's just a profound program that um, you've got in place. So everybody will be back in a couple of minutes after our break.
3: Is to just breathe. A third cup of Joe just to get me through the day. Wanna well, make the most of time, but I feel it slip away. I wonder if there's something.
1: She has brought into, I think, 58 universities, it was in your, um, your bio, this wonderful program called Sky Campus Happiness Program. Can you tell us about that?
4: Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we, about 10 years ago, we started this program. We based it on the Art of Living's happiness program. They have a program for adults called Happiness Program, and, um, you know, it was actually the founder of Art of Living, Sri, Sri Ravi Shankar. He said, look at the state of universities. Don't you think something really specific is needed? Mm-hmm. I said, oh my gosh, you're right. You know, because I, I had been really inspired in the past to take this into high schools, but I realized, you know, university st- students need it so much and they've just begun life on their own. And so we've been doing it for about 10 years and we we looked at all the different things that are evidence-based that bring well-being to people and also to young people. So we put in four elements that I kind of mentioned before. So we put in the breath work and meditation, um, specifically our, the Sudarshan Kriya or sky breath meditation. And what I'm seeing in universities, I, I, I mean, this is a personal thing. I hope I don't offend anyone by saying this, but I feel like mindfulness is not really sticking for young people because they just don't want to just sit silently. Maybe it's a little boring for them or it's a, a very long practice. So I find that the breath work, it's great for young people because they're doing something. You know, it's like active and then it puts them into a really deep state where then by then they're gone. They don't feel bored. They're like in a transcendental (laughs) state of meditation. So we have that aspect, breath, breath, and meditation. And then the second aspect that we found is so needed in universities right now is social connection, creating positive community among young people. And it's just crazy. I used to travel before the pandemic to a different university every week. And I remember teaching one of our Sky Campus Happiness Uh, programs at MIT, and, you know, we we encourage them, like, go out, say hi to people. Sometimes we give them homework to go out and meet three people (laughs) because (laughs) everybody says how lonely they are. Nobody talks. Everybody walks around with their ear pods on campus. And they told me, oh, Annalise, there's even a walk on MIT campus that it's called the Hello Walk. Well, it's called the Hello Walk because you're supposed to say hello to people. They said even on the Hello Walk, nobody looks up or says hello Uh, (laughs) I mean, and I noticed that on all campuses. Um, Most campuses, it's a very stressed out, competitive environment, and nobody has space in their mind to think about others or people have trouble making friends. So we have put a lot of social connection and positive community building into programs, especially our weekend retreat. So they walk away with, like, really great like-minded friends that are going to be supportive. And then we put some emotional intelligence training because that's, that's really important right now to universities, I think, that students develop emotional intelligence. And we want students to be able to look at their life from a bigger perspective so that they don't feel so stressed out and they realize, oh, a little bit of failure is okay. Actually, it's like a ski jump, like it makes me go higher, you know, or, also that, you know, they can have some compassion for others and, and think about things from other people's perspective.
1: Are you doing this as a retreat or are you doing this as classes?
4: Yeah, so we, do, we weave in all these elements in our initial retreat, which is our three days, three hour, it's called uh, Sky Happiness Retreat. You know? So that's, that's where they learn an evidence-based practice by the end. They learn Sky Breath Meditation. But yeah, we weave in into that retreat. We weave in social connection, lots of bonding and connecting exercises, Some exercises that have their own um, research behind them just by their pure merit of being connection exercises. And then we weave in emotional intelligence and a little bit of service leadership now that it's online. We do a little bit of leadership on the online ones. But we do have more advanced programs in our Sky Campus Happiness. We have a leadership training where students actually, if they dive into it enough and they start practicing every day, then they can come to the leadership training and learn how to facilitate meditation for others. So we Mm -hmm. believe a lot in peer-to-peer learning. We actually find that um, when the programs, like, when, when students recommend the programs, many students come and it's a little bit trickier sometimes for the administration to recommend programs. If it's a combination of administration and students, that works the best. So we find the peer-to-peer learning is really important. So yeah, we have a leadership training where students learn how to lead a workshop, like a one hour workshop on their own of breath and meditation and a little bit of social connection and those students usually form clubs. So we have um, Sky Clubs at, at our 58 campuses in the U.S. And we actually have Sky Clubs in University of Toronto. Oh. And McMaster University and the University of Guelph. Guelph. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So those have been started in Canada. We have some, like, lovely teachers that are doing that there who are really fun. And all of our teachers who teach Sky Campus are really, like, fun-loving I don't know. They're just wonderful facilitators. They, they like to have fun. They like to bring out, I feel like a lot of our university students are missing the fun element in life. Mm-hmm. So we always train our teachers to, you know, make them have some fun while they learn to meditate.
1: And how uh, I have two questions for you. Let's do this one first. How do you feel this has positively translated into their university lives? Are they getting better marks? Are they, is that the point of it? Are they just more at ease with a new life?
4: Yeah, both, I would say. Um, one of my students was, <laughs> one of my students, she actually became a teacher of it. So she took this in her second year of university and she was failing out of a couple of classes and within after taking our our sky happiness retreat within one within one semester she had all a's and b's like she was thriving she just she just needed a practice to ground her and relieve Mm -hmm. her of anxiety um you know and that that because she was a smart intelligent person she just needed the anxiety was like overwhelming her and and making her mind not function in the best way you know but one of my yeah I have a lot of stories I guess one of my students at MIT um he was well there. you know these high achieving universities are such high achievers sometimes they're over perfectionists Mm -hmm. so when I first met him he would literally take all night to write a draft of an email and he would be like, can you look up my email? <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not efficient. How is he keeping up at MIT? So he took our course. He actually became a student leader and started the Sky Club there. And he really thrived with it. He ended up, um, he started doing the practice. He was like, least I'm, I'm stopping being obses- obsessively perfectionist. Now I get so much more work done and my lab work is going better. He ended up starting his own um, startup in the middle of his PhD, he also started a startup and he got into Forbes 30 under 30. He was oh really? yeah. highlighted there. Yeah, his name is Kishore Nair. So he was, and he was like, Annalise, this is all because of my practice and all the work I've been doing with Sky because I've learned so much and I've learned to balance my life. And so he, yeah, I find it really helps them thrive. And then, um, you know, recently we taught it at, we've been teaching at Yale the past few years, and I had a student there who had. Tried committing suicide three times by the time he ended up in our retreat, and I'm just bringing this up because suicide and suicidal tendencies are such a huge problem right now, and they've uh-huh. they've doubled since about two thousand and twelve. The suicidal tendencies in our young people have doubled, which is really scary and um, he had yeah he had attempted three times and he had dropped out of Yale twice to take a break because he just couldn't handle it, and he came to our retreat. Um, and he was, and he actually had such a bad stutter. He had a hard time talking in the retreat, but when he shared at the end, he stuttered so much less. I was like, oh my God, like these practices are like amazing. And then he took the retreat three or four times in a row. He's like, oh, this is helping me so much. He kept doing it over and over and over until he started practicing every day. And he took some of our more advanced programs, like the silent retreat. And that was it. Then he finished his last two years at Yale without taking a break. He said he didn't have suicidal thoughts anymore. Like he felt like his energy and confidence had come up so much with all the breathwork practices.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And um, yeah, he went on to take our leadership training, and and now he's uh, he has he has a Fulbright scholarship. So he, he's very. He was always very intelligent, but. The fact that he could come out of his suicidal tendencies, I mean, for me, that was just huge.
1: Of know? course, of course it is. Do you, do you find, you know, Annalise, do you have, um, some people I think might be intimidated by the word retreat or group settings. Mm-hmm. Are there any type of initiation programs or classes that people can dip their toe into to see if they want a full-blown retreat?
4: Oh, yes, there are. Um, yeah, I would say we do do like hour-long sessions that people can jump into and see what it's like. So we have, we have a program that's like an hour long where they come and do like a mind and meditation session or get a taste of the breath work. Um, and those are all over. I would say um, in Canada, they would be through Art of Living Artofliving.org. We have a lot of teachers who run those, and in in US, we run them through our um, Sky Campus Happiness. But yeah, you're right. And some people just want to try it first. A lot of people, want yeah, to try it first.
1: So, yeah. Well, you know, it's so new, right? I mean, um, a lot of kids may never have even thought about breath, or they may think mm-hmm. it's like too out there for them, yeah. and. It, it really you know when you, when you would think about it, you know our breath is what sustains our living, and so to do it well, to do it efficiently is something that we just don 't even think about and and it 's to me the way that you are working these programs to help people connect to their breath it's fundamental, you know, in my, in my estimation, it's fundamental. Have there ever been any studies done, t- you know, with your program? I, I don't even know where they, they would be directed, but have you ever had someone come and study, you know, maybe before and after with students? Anywhere? Yeah,
4: that's actually what we, we just completed a study last year at Yale university. Um, and it was a really nice study. it, it they evaluated three well-being programs, you know, because I'm sure you see that all of our universities in North America, it's like, I think well-being and mental health is becoming the foremost thing. I'm having deans tell me that they're putting mental health this year ahead of academics. And I'm like, wow, like, you know, it's become such an urgency. So uh, Yale looked at that last year and they evaluated – Three programs, you know, our Sky Campus Happiness, and they put a group into MBSR, Mindfulness-Based Stress, redu- stress Reduction, which is probably the oldest form of mindfulness, um, and the third program was Yale's own Emotional Intelligence Program, and then a fourth group was a control group, so it was a really nicely done study with the control group, and um I was very surprised by the results and so were the researchers because um, mindfulness has so much uh, legacy and research behind it. But the interesting thing is the program that came out least impactful was mindfulness. It didn't have any significant results for the well-being measures that they were measuring in the students. Um, and then I asked the researchers, "Well, what? Why was that?" And they're like, "Well, actually, the the research on mindfulness is very mixed. If you look at the whole history." So, I'm like, okay. And then the emotional intelligence program uh, it statistically increased mindfulness in the students. <laughs> so, the the result of the emotional intelligence program was increased mindfulness or awareness. You know, present moment awareness. And then our program had had six significant results. It was it was mind blowing to me how it came out. It significantly reduced stress and depression for students and it significantly increased mental health. Um, it increased the sense of mindfulness and then it increased positive emotion. Can't we all use more of that? Mm-hmm. Now, please? And it also increased the sense of social connectedness. So just by doing the program, they felt more socially connected and you know, I also heard that qualitatively from the students. They would say, "I' used to feel like I don't believe, belong on Yale. I'm an impostor, and everybody's unfriendly, but now I feel like, oh, I could just talk to anyone <laughs> you know so somehow the, the program let their guard down and made them realize
1: they can connect with other people. that truly is amazing now if if people want to get a hold of you or if people want to investigate more because obviously um, there are universities that lots of universities and colleges that aren't um aren't holding the the sky campus happiness programs is there any way that someone a student can become involved or you know just in general if someone is is listening to this and they'd like to delve further where is the best resource for everyone to look
2: yeah
4: absolutely so our website um is skycampushappiness.org and you can contact us through our website. Our, our people answer really fast. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. So it's skycampushappiness.org and students can write in and, and we get a lot of uh, inquiries from universities through our website. Um, I think that's the best way, you know, at skycampushappiness.org. We also have the studies listed in our research section. If anyone wanted to look up the Yale study or there was an equivalent um, university of Arizona and Harvard study on there too. That also measured how it helps sleep. That's a lot of people need it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, to especially get- at university. And then for people that are not at university, for adults who might want to delve into this, it's theartofliving.org that we can go yeah. to. So we have theartofliving.org and skycampushappiness.org yeah I, I think what you're doing is fantastic uh and i and i do I do believe so much in um, the practice that you are teaching people so i I, I want to thank you for joining us today It's been a great show
4: uh oh, thank you kathy for having me It's been lovely connecting with you
1: Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. And everybody, as, as, as you know, when the podcast comes up, all the information, if you want to reach out to Annalise or learn more about um, the Sky Campus Happiness Program or Art of Living, everything will be there for you. So thank you for joining us today. And everybody, we'll talk to you next week on The Health Hub.